0: This is Podkit, episode 21, Joshua Tree, on Saturday, May 21st, 2016. And now, poor me, I'm going to San Francisco. This episode of Podkit is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad, with show notes at thenexus.tv slash pk21. Hello.
1: Hello. Hi, everybody. It's
0: just it's been a little while. It has. Where have we been?
1: Uh, quite a few places. I guess so. Uh, Morris. Yeah. In Morris. Yeah, we were we were at Morris. What were we doing there?
0: Uh, well, I think we were visiting Brian. Brian had his senior seminar presentation, uh, to mark the completion of
2: his undergraduate degree, if I recall correctly.
1: I believe and that is us. so.
2: Yeah, that was it. And then it graduated uh, a week ago, actually, from today. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's that was awesome. awesome. What's funny though is. Out. If you um, actually want to listen to this episode, and you can do that, we recorded an episode live in, on site in Morris, which is really cool. Uh, you can also, uh, at that same very moment, stop listening because of dreadful audio quality. But what's <laughs> funny is on that on that episode page, I put some pictures up, and it's kind of funny, the one picture with Brian in it, it's broken.
2: Is it broken again?
1: What's broken for me. I don't know if it's broken for you, but... Uh, that's kind of sad. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yes. It. It's,
2: well, it it was in the weird format that only Google has. Right, a webm. Yeah, a, a web,
1: web or Only Google.
2: I didn't even know that that existed as a picture format. Yo-go, you only Google once. <laughs> it's got to be some tool to convert it and re-upload.
1: I don't even know what that URL even is. It's just a pile, uh, just a big pile of, like, it looks like uh, base 64. It probably
2: had a bunch of session and information in it yeah but
1: well i'll fix it someday but yeah that that was a really cool episode uh it was our first time ever recording outside the studio at a live event so that was pretty cool indeed and so it since good, since good then surprise. Brian, you have uh you have graduated correct and you you're free now
2: yes That's... until i find a job but that hasn't completely started yet
1: well enjoy your freedom but...
2: But hopefully by the time anyone hears this episode, I will have applied to at least one more place.
1: You know, um, (laughs) enjoy enjoy getting up at 11.45 (laughs) while it lasts.
2: I will. (laughs) Hey, well, weekends exist. That's two out of seven days.
1: No, no. I I wake up just at... No. I wake up just at six. It's just easier. Every day is the same.
0: Right. I feel, I feel. I, I used to have, like, different uh alarm times or different wake-up times but um i swapped i swapped it back because it's just easier don't have to think about it and on mondays it's i'm not like oh crap i set my alarm to 4 a.m or to to 8 a.m when i actually need to be up at closer to 5 um so yeah anyhow we've got some cool uh stuff and this is this is going to be uh, a really interesting i think uh episode because we actually have some stories about iOS development, perhaps for the first time in PodKit history.
1: Pretty much.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it only took a year.
0: First off, I want to hear about, uh, Brian, your experience at Carl Hacks, uh, the hackathon
2: at uh, Carlton, right? Yes. So this was the hackathon at Carlton. I think it it was April 8th through 10th down in Northfield. And I drove down there with, I think there were eight of us from Morris who went. And me and another guy, Zach Lutzinger, teamed up and started a an beat permanent application in Swift for iOS. And made he made a cool icon. Uh, we made it's basically a single screen application um using some ripple effect that someone has on GitHub and a little light dark theme switch. But there are hopes to keep it going in the future. So I need to figure out how to load multiple views. So I feel like it's been a lot of trial and error and poking around, but it does work. It's on my phone and it's using a cool single uh, dimensional common filter, which another guy from Morris helped us out with. Nice. That's awesome. Evening out the data stream of taps.
1: Yeah. I was just poking through your source code because that's what I do. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: It's pretty simple. Yeah. I think half of half of the code written is all for styling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed there's like a lot of boilerplate code that it just generates. But that yeah. that's that's what you know IDEs do these days. Yep. This yeah, uh not... this this XML file here, this main storyboard. Oh, oh that, yes. That looks delicious.
2: It looks right. a lot better when you're not Editing XML.
1: Yeah, I mean, because XML isn't isn't what you would edit by hand, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that was literally my week
0: last week. Uh-huh. But um, also, the um, the one of the things that's really neat about that storyboard file, storyboard is one of the few things I do know about uh, in that kind of Xcode ecosystem, is as as Brian pointed out, like you just you can just edit it with the GUI <laughs> yep. and. Then Xcode sorts it all out for you. Oh, yeah. It's pretty neat.
1: Yeah. Android has something extremely similar to that, although it's, I think it's just called layout.xml. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: and nice. it, it was, it took a while to really get auto layout working with this GUI storyboard editing. <clears throat> but once once you got it, it works pretty well. Still a couple issues, mostly with flipping port, um, landscape and portrait on iPad and I think we just have it as portrait on mobile, so iPhone. But all
1: right, all right, that's pretty cool.
2: Well,
0: one of the things, one of the things I want to do this weekend before I uh, head out of town is I want to see if I can get it to to
2: build for my iPad quick and just like, because that would be pretty, that'd be pretty gosh darn. Yeah, check it out. Hey, and if you want to develop it with me in the future, let me know. And we'll do, we'll
1: do. Work together. So you you guys know about Swift, right? You've heard about you that bet. language. It's new. What? Yeah, so that is, yeah. I, I think I think I think it's the new one, right? Um, wasn't there like some talk about getting tick um, like compile on um Linux? Is that a thing? It's
0: it's done. I've done it. I've got it right here. On um, my, uh, somebody
1: should link me like some instructions to do that, so I can accidentally port a war game over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, you bet, you bet. So it's actually it's really quick. I don't know. They've they've probably improved it quite a bit since I've last done it um but i will i will mute myself for a bit so you don't hear a bunch of keyboard clicks and i will get you those instructions presently
1: my understanding was that it uses llvm because that's what everybody loves to use so
0: yeah it does you have to build llvm and then or uh, yeah yeah and then build uh clang and then after that use all that crap to build
2: swift
1: hey that's that's fair game because i could accidentally make a war game in c too. right that sounds awesome no it's gonna suck
2: Oops! Accidentally. So, So. in addition to Carl hacks, which was now over a month ago, um, I also spent some of my time updating my website. Finally, so I had been using the old Angular generator or Yeoman Angular generator full stack, which we call it, but several years out of date now and. I don't really want to maintain a full Angular website for what's essentially just a static web page. Yeah. Aside from my Word page, but that doesn't need to exist in my website. So I went back to Jekyll on GitHub Pages, and I quite like it. It's nice. It's quite easy to maintain and good for blogging. Um, I will note that it, if you go to the URL, you'll see that it is HTTPS.
1: Yes, I do see that. GitHub
2: Pages. So I have it loading through um, something called CloudSec, which I will link in here. So I was approached via email from one of the guys making this. I think they're a a group of people in Singapore. And they use Let's Encrypt certs and probably route all the traffic through their servers. But it it has so far worked pretty well for me.
1: So how does that work? Does it use like an A name to give you... Huh. Yeah,
2: so on my DNS settings for the domain, um, let me log in so I can remember. Um, I point my me to I think it's their IP address, and then I have a another subdomain name. So it's an, it's like a verify that yeah. also points to their the same IP.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, that's... when you look at the when you look at the certificate, it literally says issued to Brian M. Me, issued by Let's Encrypt.
0: That's pretty neat. That's pretty
1: gosh darn neat, yeah. that's for sure. So, what th- what is this is, is this a just a GitHub page kind of thing? Using GitHub Pages. Yep. I just have a C name mm-hmm.
2: say brian.me.
1: Yeah. See, that that's, that whoever set that up is really smart because there's a lot of people who don't need to set up a whole VPS <laughs> just to host some static files.
2: I agree, and that's coming from me, who who could set up a VPS for a website, but
1: great, I but you don't need to, to so why cause... bother? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really nice.
0: Yeah, that is really nice. I guess I don't. I don't know if between between last pod kit and this pod kit. By the way, I talked about my new website, um, but I, I have one.
1: What is it?
0: it? Is same the same old URL, but it looks very different. Really. No, not really. <laughs> um it, it uses the same sort of thing, which I think uh Brian's got now too, um, which is oh look, there's a hero image and some text over it, and then if you scroll down, there's other stuff. Um mine, however, instead of using a static site generator, is actually using the ghost blogging platform, which I really liked, and I think we talked about um on an on a fringesode of sorts. Yeah, we talked
1: um, about it at some point in our lives. Whether that happened before, or after or during this episode, we don't know.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but I've got a couple blog posts up there, and it's kind of neat. I use a, a font that I kind of like in some cases, but in other cases it looks kind of like uh, a little bit 1940s-ish somehow. Wait,
1: so are you talking about the title font?
0: The title font.
1: I actually think that 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 fits you and your personality perfectly.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. That's it's, that's it's, why that's it's why very I went
1: for it. you know it's it's ornamental, but it's also very flowing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that font's got some pretty sick flow as the youths say.
1: I don't think they say that.
0: Maybe they don't.
1: <laughs> but
0: I just did. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm probably gonna swap it out in um I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna ditch ghost in like, I don't know, a week or two because um the only two posts are there are essentially things that um I wrote for class and wanted to give a place to live for the for the larger world. Um but I don't I don't write enough to actually justify maintaining this. Though it does look kind of pretty, so maybe I'll leave it as my landing page for a little while. I longer.
1: mean, I, I love I love the idea of Ghost, and I'm glad they're successful you know, as far as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they recently did move from London to Singapore for tax reasons. Yeah, And that makes sense. I mean, you know, why not? Um, but I guess my biggest problem with Ghost is it's not what I wanted, which was a WordPress killer. I wanted a right. sensible, extensible system to to actually make complicated-ish websites, and it's not Ghost. It's right. Just, well, it just, sounds just, like what you're just for blogging. What you,
0: might, what you might be looking for there is Drupal.
1: No, no, because if because if I was looking for Drupal, I would also find a grave site. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You um,
0: can, you can Drupal left and right until until the end of days, if you if you wish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also then have a new website. Oh, yeah? Uh, Yeah, I I do. And, um, you know, I think it has uh, some strange strangeness about it. Because when you go to it, there's only one link on it. And it brings you back to the same page. And it's kind of a joke because the website's name is contextual.link. And you can click on contextual.link and you go back to the same place.
0: That's awesome.
1: Uh, So I bought this domain because I... I I am I I was bored one night and I thought, hey, you know, five dollars a month for a DigitalOcean droplet server thing, good deal. Why not? Because I I wanted something to play with, and so you're uh, yeah, so
2: you're you're paying five dollars a month to host textual.link.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. Well, if it's also like a playground, then it makes more sense.
1: Yeah. So I wanted I wanted a um a a, a VPS that I could tinker with. That isn't running production code So the Nexus and my personal website And those other various things And I was also able to set up Nginx on this server Whereas um, because I'm using Apache on the old server And some of WordPress assumes That only Apache exists in the world, unfortunately um, This server was very much easier to set up Let's Encrypt for Okay, gotcha So that's pretty cool
0: yeah, indeed, indeed. I'm I'm really glad to hear that you picked up one of those uh DigitalOcean droplets because those are like that's one of my favorite things um that I've discovered so far. I know that people like Linode a lot. Um and I I can see why, but um but is really neat for me because of how like how how much a droplet is kind of almost viewed like a container and how yes. quick and easy it is to set up. It really is. Uh, yeah. And that's and well, and ironically you're Coincidentally, perhaps one of my DigitalOcean uh, VPSs is, is actually a Docker host, um, yeah. which makes things really easy. Because if I just want to make a new Docker host, I can do that, uh, use it for twenty minutes and test some stuff out, and then delete it. So I don't have to buy buy five dollars a month of it necessarily if I if I'm only
2: using it to test out one little thing. So
1: yeah, I I, I really I'm hoping to yeah you go to
2: probably DigitalOcean because. I think the $5 a month one would be enough. enough it to is. To run two Docker images of my weather bots, because I would like to move them off of Heroku so they can be up 24 hours a day rather than just 18.
1: So, one, what I'll say is the one of the reasons I picked DigitalOcean now rather than another Linode is because it's cheaper, of course, right? $10 versus $5, that's $5 different. But the reason I picked Linode uh, a year and a half ago is because Marco was a big fan and um, everybody likes to copy Marco. Mm -hmm. But the other reason at the time, uh, the, the infrastructure for Linode had just been upgraded from whatever their old one was to the new solid state uh, Xeon slices they have now. And I really like that big upgrade. And I I felt at the time that for, for, for what I was paying for, I was getting a really good deal. Um, because DigitalOcean was also sort of newer at the time, so yeah. uh, Linode had been in tried and true, whereas Dio was somewhat new. So going down this route was nice. Uh, I will say that I'm I'm on that five dollar Dio right now, and it almost seems as responsive for pretty much everything. Like you can right. you can hit it, and it and it, it's it's very fast. For sure, you know it's it's only one core and it only has 512 megs of memory, but it's still very fast.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I've I've had precisely zero complaints with uh, with DigitalOcean. In fact, it's really, yeah, exactly yep. as you described. Super responsive. Yep. Uh, sometimes and almost often more more responsive than sometimes the the uh, machine that I'm using, which is uh, like the the machine I'm using to access it, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's kind of the point of VPSs, isn't it?
1: I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's also kind of cool that that um that that VPS I have from Do is in New York. Right. So now I've got one in New York and now I also have one in Houston. So all I need one in, is one in California and I'm set.
0: <laughs> <laughs> On all coasts. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty
1: great. Yep. So uh do you really want to hear about my work or do does nobody care?
0: Uh I'd be interested, but maybe maybe we want to move that down to when we're talking about um agile.
1: Good. Let's do that. Alright. Okay, let's talk about uh new MacBooks. How about that?
0: Yes. So a little while ago. Um, Apple released some updates to their MacBook, uh, what some uh, in in our neck of the woods have referred to as the MacBook One. Um, this is a 12-inch one that's really tiny, smaller than the MacBook Air for some reason, um, and has no fan, has a core processor, and a bunch of other stuff that makes it a really neat um, kind of successor to the Ultrabook, I guess I would say. Because it's not even really an Ultrabook. It kind of is an Ultrabook, but it, it, it doesn't fit that it's moniker. It's just really. tiny. It's just tiny um and one of the things that i thought was really interesting is over the past couple of weeks i've seen tons of these at work like a ton um really? yeah yep uh generally nice. not in the hands of developers or people who do development 100 percent of the time but even even some of those people i've seen do that but, but that's because most of their work um is compiled and run on servers anyhow so your mm-hmm. your local uh the power you have on your local dev machine doesn't really matter so much um but the trick is, it's still running Core M, which is why I'm not getting one. Uh, because
1: uh-huh.
0: I know, I know, I know. And I really I really need to because um, I'm going to uh, lose access to my MacBook Air that I've been using for work for a little while. Um, and uh, I want to have something that, that actually can allow me to like do stuff and is not uh, almost 11 years old now like my MacBook <laughs> is from 2007-2006. Uh love that thing. And it actually holds up surprisingly well despite its age, but um What yeah. else does it run? Uh it's it's got
2: uh um Still L Cap. Really? It runs L Cap, yep. And it's a two thousand seven MacBook? Yep. Yep. Ow. Is it a pro or just normal? Uh so it was the first unibody one. I'm pretty sure it's oh seven. That would be 08. Oh, okay. I guess it's not a years
0: old Hmm? Thirteen
2: inch MacBook, yep. I have the same one. Yep, cuz that's that's the la- that's their first the oldest MacBook that will run. Okay. Yep. So
0: w- when when we get the next one, which I'm pulling for uh, oh. uh write it down right now, uh OS 10.12 Joshua Tree.
1: Yep. <laughs> that's my guess. Uh, sounds good to me. Yeah.
0: And and everyone
2: will call it Josh Tree because that's what that's what you have to do. Um, Wait, we have to is the is the dot .tree a domain we can you can buy? No,
1: I think it is. I think I'm pretty sure. Okay, let me let's look this up. It hover doesn't offer it.
2: Namecheap is loading on it. Uh, um.
1: Okay, maybe I lied.
2: Gandhi
0: is probably still uh being ddosed, so who knows?
1: Okay, well maybe it was just a concept. That'd be pretty
2: awesome if it did exist. I don't though. think that tree is a okay. is a actually, but I can get college or Josh dot college for eight eighty eight like that's relevant for us.
1: So so um uh-huh. you mentioned that this uh, MacBook has Core M again. And yep. what why why is Core M just so awful?
0: Uh so the thing is from what I've heard, I don't think it is. I think it might be awful for for the three of us to use, but um I actually have used a a, a MacBook of that size a number of times and when it powers a nice big display, um it's actually it's actually pretty snappy. Um, for web browsing and other tasks like that, I think to compile anything, uh, it would probably be pretty, pretty not so great. But um, you know, I, I don't know of a, out of everyone I know, and these are these are people who have like leagues and leagues of tabs open. Um, not a single one has. I, I I had to ask them, is it slow? And every time they've said, no, not really.
1: Um, no, so I think, I think not really, and not no really. are different answers.
0: That's true. That's true. So um,
1: uh, well, last year, when the first generation was that only last year?
0: Last year, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, well, the first generation Core M's came out. The equivalent performance was a 2012 uh, MacBook Air. Uh, so mm-hmm. 2012, but it would have been what? Is that Ivy? No, it's yeah, it's uh, Ivy. That's Ivy. Yeah. Yep, that would be so, I have it, yeah. so, so an an Ivy Bridge equivalent of last year. So this year it's probably a 2013 MacBook Air, which would be a what?
0: Uh, that would be, uh, as well, as well. Yep. Probably came that's, out that's my that. MacBook air, which is why I'm a little bit like, maybe I should get one, but no. So um, I will
1: say I use my MacBook air all the time and mm-hmm. unless you're compiling Xcode stuff on it, it will do everything from 2011, everything just fine in terms of, you know, node and Ruby and Python and pretty much really anything actually. Um, right. It can even run a VM. There's no problem there. But I guess when I'm spending 1299, I could just accidentally spend 800 more and actually get a real computer.
0: See, that's that's where I'm at too, right? Because um, I, if if this is actually is equivalent to my 2013 MacBook Air as it says, I I've never had a problem with the MacBook Air other than the fan sometimes will will turn on when I'm compiling um, like one time I I compiled nginx from source just for just for fun um and uh and when i did that it it um i did this in the middle of a seaside class um and uh everyone was like what the heck is going on with your computer it sounds like it's gonna take off and i was like nothing um but uh, yeah that's that's the only thing right i'm like oh, i really want something that if, I, if i'm gonna drop the cash on a new macbook i want it to be better than what i have now not roughly equivalent but also smaller
1: so, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, I, I recently was at a Best Buy and I got to pick one up and tinker mm-hmm. with it a little bit. And it's really nice. It's it's quite, sure. quite a nice laptop. If it didn't cost how much it costs, I could mm-hmm. recommend it to more people. Like if it was, you know, $1,000 or if it was maybe $900, it would be fine. I would be okay mm-hmm. telling people, yeah, it's a computer. It's really nice. Go use it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I personally need a little bit more power, and I don't want to pay twelve ninety nine for that. Not more power product, right? So I would pay twelve ninety nine for an i five. Where's the i five? Hand it over. Yep. Yeah. Um. So basically, I've been talked into purchasing a um, fifteen inch MacBook Pro.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they get upgraded, or yeah, now? when
1: when they get upgraded.
0: All right. Same. That's what I'm getting to. So,
2: it's a good computer.
1: It is a good computer. If my MacBook Air could last five years, a 15-inch MacBook Pro with uh, Skylake can also last five years, and I'll be fine. Yep, my
2: yep. four-year-old Ivy Bridge 15-inch MacBook Pro is still going very strong. I am amazed how well it's holding up because, yep. you know, I had my my is the high-end 13-inch MacBook Unibody from yep. 2008. Same, and that by three years was enough to make me pull my hair out. And so that, that lasted me four before I replaced it with my, you know, MacBook
1: it's, Pro. It, you know, a combination of having a good processor, plenty of memory and a solid state drive really makes a big yes. difference. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I had pretty much the same experience to, to you, Brian. Uh, I had an Oh eight, uh, MacBook, unibody, MacBook top of the line. Um, and then I upgraded the Ram a couple times, uh, no, I upgraded it once because the there was the unofficial max you could get of like eight gigs. Um, mine was four, and that's what I ordered my computer with. Right, same here. And then I upgraded mine to eight because there's like a way that you can get it to do that, and I really needed that. Um, <laughs> that probably helps.
1: Like, there's a way.
0: There's a way. <laughs> there is. Uh, I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know how official it is it sounds like it's not I think the motherboard just supports it and
2: Apple doesn't
0: for some strange reason right right and then I also swapped it out with an SSD uh, and that was pretty neat so I think it's rocking a Samsung 256 gigabyte one okay Uh,
2: so I'm I'm still rocking the original hard drive so that's probably why yours runs so well compared to mine at least
0: yeah I upgraded the hard drive a couple times on that one unfortunately uh but yeah it's still it's still usable i I use it for google earth flight simulator occasionally which is fun one of my probably my favorite video game ever but yes when the new macbook pro comes out i'm going to be all over that
1: okay so i've got some questions about that new macbook pro since we're here and you know might as well right um uh, there were rumors earlier this season that the new macbook pros would be redesigned physically also so is that still happening
0: my guess is yes. Okay. Um, I think that's probably why they haven't uh, unveiled them yet is my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why they're going to wait till WWDC for it.
1: Yep. Okay, so the other rumor was that they they would be price dropped a bit. Do we still think that's happening? I doubt that. Okay. Is I there a reason if anything, we it's doubt? Going
0: to be, I I'm guessing if anything it's going to be minimum of 19.99. Well,
1: what what what, what about across the line?
0: Oh, across the line. I bet across the line there will probably be a price drop, yes.
1: Because, to me, it's weird right now. So I'm looking at the uh, specs here. 12.99 can get you into a 13-inch MacBook Pro that mm-hmm. is also, incidentally, the same price as a MacBook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one must wonder, why? So if they did drop the price, I don't really know where they would go. I mean, this, this umbrella here is, is a really nice umbrella.
2: We will just have to wait and see. I haven't been uh, on edge too much about it all because first of all, I'm not planning on buying one this summer, but also I'm curious just to see what it is. And I don't know. I'm on the edge. I guess guess me not needing to buy a computer is why I'm so stressed.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, (laughs) technically I don't need to buy a computer either. I have a computer at work that I use for work Mm -hmm. and I will never bring it home because it's not very good. And mm-hmm. um, we asked, you know, hey, can everybody get MacBooks in the office? And they said no, because they don't have $2,500 to spend on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, I, I mean, I guess I could just just bring my own, but I, I don't want to. I'm just going to use it for myself. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't really need a computer because I don't really do anything outside of work anymore. But I want a computer that, that I can use anywhere, and that's good. Yeah. Right.
2: I don't use my MacBook Pro that much really. Right. But it's really nice for things like going to Carl Hacks. Exactly. Oh, I, have to, I have a powerful computer that's not, you know, that can actually run things and yep. has a 15-inch display.
1: Yep. Well, right. let's move on to what's next. Right, so I guess
0: one one of the reasons why all this stuff is relevant for me is because um, I'm starting a new uh, internship over the summer uh, in a little bit, which is really cool. And I'm going to be doing, uh, among other things, some cool stuff with React Native. As a result, I've been kind of brushing up on uh, React Native and um, trying to figure out it uh, figure it out a little bit more in depth. Now, over the past couple of weeks, I've been working through the Getting Started tutorial. Um, it really only took a couple, maybe a couple hours uh, plus some time to, like, try all their stuff out and see if I, what I can get working. Uh, and the getting started tutorial is pretty neat. It's actually essentially what uh, you, you get the framework for it when you initialize a React Native project using their command line interface.
1: That's uh, The
0: trick is, yeah, right? Right? It's really cool. Um, and if you haven't run into React Native yet, essentially it's the same sort of uh, workflow in a lot of ways as building a React.js um, app. React.js being Facebook's front-end framework of sorts that... Really, only provides the view layer, but sometimes people can uh, incorporate other things with it, and it, it provides both the view and um, routing and some other fun stuff uh, to build a more complete application. Uh, but React Native is like a component that you can use to build iOS and Android apps out of it,
1: which is really um, handy.
0: Right, right, and it uses like Cordova um, to make that happen. Cordova being a Apa- the Apache Foundation's. Uh, Thing that used to be called PhoneGap, I think, that would allow you to use web technologies to build apps. It it is like really slick stuff, and it works almost
2: like magic. Um, does it? Is it a web wrapper essentially, <laughs> or does it, it use? Not, it's not. It
0: uses systems. it uses native controls. I I believe. I believe.
2: Okay.
0: But though you're right, because if it's using Cordova, I guess I guess I should do uh, do a little bit more digging into it. I believe it it does use um, native UI widgets of some sort. So they, they have all these components, and you, you define these components in, like, XML or in an XML-ish format. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, there's a slider component, and the way I understand it is that it uses the native slider UI component on iOS and the equivalent one on Android um, to, to make that happen. And I'm using component there when I probably mean, like, interface um, element, uh, but okay. that's because React has got into my brain and everything's a component now. Um, one of the tricks that I ran into though is that it's really difficult to go past that getting started tutorial um, just with that one initial tutorial so like I built a little app that displays a list view of stuff but I can't actually make actions on that like I don't know how to um, from the tutorial I couldn't figure out how to uh, like add a button or make that list item clickable so I could get greater detail Mm -hmm. it's just like a list of stuff yep and that's, that's all well and good. Yeah. Uh, because.
1: Well, I was going to say that when I was learning React last summer, the, the thing I ran into was that, you know, they had just a basic tutorial on their React regular website. And then it kind of just left you hanging there. Like, how do I actually build something that I want? Not that just you told me how to build. So right. they, they don't really give you a good foundational framework to build things with it. They just, here's the code. Good luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the API documentation too is like, well, these are all the parameters you could pass to this component to make it happen, but it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually show you what are necessary or what's the minimum number of things you need to do in order to get any component running. Yeah. And like, that's a thing, that's a thing that I feel like jQuery does really well yep, and other, o- other, other ones do. Like, I feel like Ember does that pretty well too in Vue. Well,
1: like, you know, so I mean, I guess one of the things that differentiates those things between. My understanding and reality is React seems and has been for me always this more obscure thing. Like, uh-huh. like uh, uh, re- I get reactive on how it works. You know, it it watches for state changes and then it changes the DOM when those changes happen. That's it. Yeah. But that's it, and there's all of the stuff just to do that. And generally, that's not all you want to do as a person. No jQuery, it can let you change classes. It can let you show and hide elements. Um, Ember Mm -hmm. can let you manipulate models. And uh, Vue can show and hide. It can iterate through lists. React doesn't really do those things unless you force it to. Right. And it's it's a lot more uh, obscure.
0: Agreed. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And that's kind of what I'm trying to suss out, I think. Because it's... You're right that it's it's definitely it's definitely just the view and the MVC, um, kind of paradigm. Right. But it's it doesn't even always feel like it's a very great view. No. It's like a sort of partial view. Right. Um, but um, I guess the next thing I found to try and try and remedy that was they had they listed this thing as like oh well if you're looking for a tutorial on how to build a, a larger app we've got this this other next level kind of more advanced one that to show you how to build a full app. The trick is it's really more like a design philosophy document than. Yep than anything else. And um, it, it's also, like, really out of date. It uses Parse, right? Which, if you remember, Parse went under a little while ago, and they open-sourced it. But, yeah. like, that's just strange to me because I can't, like, as a new developer, I'm like, well, why, why would I want to use this service that doesn't exist? Um, and that's, that's all well and good, too. And I, I guess another thing I noticed, too, is that there's a huge reliance on this whole, like, Facebook ecosystem of JavaScript tools um like flow which allows you to like statically analyze your code for uh like it, it's like a linter plus uh plus debugger of sorts uh nuclide which is their layer on top of atom which is github's text editor uh react and react native of course which we just discussed hhvm uh which is their um php their php yeah, environment which is pretty neat uh jest which is their testing framework uh and it's all like it's cool. In, in the in the sense that they that they've given you all these tools that you can use to ostensibly build something sort of really neatly, but I also don't feel fully like any of these is actually well documented enough yeah. that I feel comfortable using any of them. And they so it's, it's an
2: entirely new like ecosystem of tools, and they just shove it off like you and say good luck kind it, of a thing. It,
1: it, that's, it, that's that's what it feels like, feels like and what's weird is that we know actual companies have actually developed actual products with this stuff. Yeah, right. right. So how did they do that? What do they know that we don't know? And where are the docs? Where are the Exactly. I, I where believe, is everyone?
2: I believe TimeHop uses React Native, and I follow the guy who is in charge of implementing that if you uh, want the Twitter handle of him. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Because, like, it's so... So
0: Ryan is exactly right. It's like, well, I know people have done work with this, but I just don't feel like that any of that info is really out there or accessible. Right. And I guess the other part to it too is anytime I look at any docs about React or React Native, it almost always uses
1: like ES5 or <laughs> and <laughs> or it's a year and a half old.
0: Right, or right. Or I look up or I look up some some like helper function they use or some transform function that they describe and it's like, "Oh yeah, we deprecated this." Oops. And it's like well, like, how how the heck is anyone supposed to learn any of this? Yeah. Um, I in like a really basic sense, I think it works really well, and I you know I got it set up so it could consume a little fake API I built. Yep. Um, a, a little React app to do it, but with React Native, I'm just kind of almost like at a loss for how to continue. But I'm gonna dig through some more stuff and see what I can find out. You know, um, because it is really neat, and I'll probably be working with it pretty soon.
1: I think I think it's a great great idea. I know some of the people. Um, like Tom who made React and React Native. And yeah. Tom is a smart guy. He made Mutuals. Tools. Really great. But somewhere along the line the code was so good that somebody stopped caring about normal people.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's the trick. um but they just need some more dev angels around it and then we'll we'll be fine.
1: <laughs> so a funny thing about um uh, about react overall is that i just just received an email last night that the upcoming javascript minnesota event on react is at capacity
0: that's true and that is true i
1: don't know if that's yeah. ever happened before has that happened before
0: so um it has happened before it hasn't happened in a little while but there there's a an- we've the in the organizers slack we were talking about how like awesome it is that we have so many people but we're actually not sure the fire department uh or you know the fire marshal's regulations will allow us to have any more people there yep. um so we we had to we had to shut it down so i updated my rsvp to give uh, other people another slot because yep. i'm uh unfortunately kind of stuck uh well
1: yeah stuck you're me. willingly going
0: poor me i'm going to san francisco oh, it's going to be awesome <laughs> Poor you um, it is going to be awesome, but I won't be there. I'm going to be hanging out with uh, a couple of my really cool friends from Twilio uh, at their uh, Signal conference. Um, I'm going to drink lots of coffee from fancy San Francisco coffee places um, and uh, run around Yosemite, even. And uh, you can find all that on Twitter, which I will give you my Twitter Twitter handle at the normal spot at the end of the show.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could talk a lot, a lot about React and. You know, it would be cool. So uh, some of the people from work are going to that React meetup at JavaScript Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome.
1: So it would be kind of cool afterwards to see what they say about what they learned there from that night and, you know, their own research and stuff about this.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be super awesome. Uh, I mean, you
1: you can tell it's in demand. 160 people want to go. Right. Are are you going to go? I am right. going. I am registered. I am I I accepted 2 weeks ago. I will be there.
0: All right. Awesome. Say say hey to uh to Randall in the gang. I friend. will I will there. tell
1: him that you said hello from all the way in California.
0: Yeah, and he'll be like that guy's a loser and I'll be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry.
1: Yeah, he
2: didn't show <laughs> up again. I probably should have remembered about JavaScript Minnesota back when I was more so I could have RSVP'd, but
1: no, I mean you could still RSVP but you might just be on the wait list permanently.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, we will put the video up online, I believe, if if Randall can operate the video equipment, which I bet he can. Because, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We got it all sorted out. Good. So this should be this should be good.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. So uh do you want to talk about work now?
0: Sure, sure.
1: Okay, so uh, I think when I talked about work last it was like week two or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now this is week eight for me. So that's, I think that they call that two months. And yeah. um, I'm on a new team now. I used to be working on a uh, pharmacy application for, uh, like, wasn't I don't know if it was really a pharmacy, but it was prior authorizations. So it would help you or help a pharmacist know if you were supposed to get a drug or not. Now mm-hmm. I'm working on a different different pharmacy application that has to do whether or not um you're taking too many drugs and you're trying to game the system. Mm. Hmm. So, I uh, the roles have been reversed, uh one can say. But I'm not here to talk about pharmacies. I'm here to talk about code. So, uh we're running on a fresh newish Java stack. We are running on Spring Boot, which is Ooh, the latest nice. and greatest springy Java framework for building a REST API and web services. Um, we're using a micro ar- uh, service architecture so each so you know you know you can imagine some endpoints right so uh there might be a messaging api there might be a um users api there might be a um uh like a, an ntt api for drugs and pharmacies and pharmacists and uh vendors and 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 you know things in the business domain uh there mm-hmm. might be a file api there might be there might be all these individual apis well each one of those api endpoints those are all controlled by one service and that's really cool because if any in particular service is getting hit heavily we can spin up another ec2 instance and add more capacity to the system anytime that's beautiful so that's super what you do. cool um and so I uh, I am currently writing the user management service, which means we have an API to user management. Pretty pretty exciting. Nice. Uh, so, so out of curiosity, yeah, uh, if you,
0: if you want to share, I, I, it sounds like you're not really using Spring for the UI, but have you ever run into Spring Webflow at all?
1: I have not actually run into that, but I was looking at it last night after you mentioned it, and it's kind of funny. So if 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 I think if somebody on my team had actually known about that. We might have ended up using it. Right. So um we, we, we don't use Spring itself for the UI. We use Spring Boot just to, you know, hold our routes and our endpoints and then we use Time Leaf as our template generator. And ah. we have we have a very minimal front end because the company the 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 client we're working with, their their end goal is for us to make them not only an application layer, but also a platform layer.
2: Right.
1: And the application we're making is a, a demo front end basically uh-huh. so it's full functionality but it's sort of a demo because their dream is for all of these microservices to power a platform and the API can then be used by their clients to design their own integrations and their own applications with the platform so we're we're oh. we're we are making the twitter of drug tracking hmm. Um, so on the front end, which I was helping work with, we're using knockout JS, uh, with bootstrap. So everybody loves bootstrap, of course. And this is bootstrap three. Bootstrap three is fine. I know everybody hates bootstrap three, but it's okay. Stop hating it. Foundation isn't the answer. I'm waiting for
2: bootstrap four.
1: Yeah, I I am also waiting for bootstrap four, um it 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 is very promising hopefully it'll come out one day soon and everybody can use it uh knockout on the other hand is not something that i personally would have ever picked because knockout's old mhm uh but it does have some cool stuff pretty neat uh you can map in and out data fairly easily using a couple of knockout plugins and and overall it it's it's good enough for the minimal amount of api work that is needed on this application front end. Um one of the bigger things though is, is not that I have to deal with it but somebody has to is the aria and ada compliance. So it has to be accessible to everyone and every screen reader and everybody has to be happy.
2: Uh-huh. And so uh, no bootstrap has pretty good support for that built in, right?
1: It, apparently right. they do, which is it's really supposed- nice. Yeah. Now, with that said, um so let's say you want to um, you know, delete something, right? Well, right now, apparently the current pattern in our application is to, to hide the box where the button that you just clicked was. So if you, were, if you try, were trying to hit the delete button in a list of something, it should hide that box, pop up a new box that says, are you sure you want to delete so-and-so? Yes or no? Yeah. Well, to me, that's one of those modal box operations. Like, it would just darken the screen, pop up the modal... And ask, do you want to delete this thing? Yes or no? Because it's not like you can do anything else while you're doing that, but it doesn't take you out of the contextual place you were. Right. And so I feel like the current established mechanism for doing this operation is sort of broken right now. So I'll complain to the right person and hopefully we'll get it fixed.
0: Right, so you what you're saying is it open it it pops up a new literal pop-up window to no it, to doesn't do that? Pop
1: up, it doesn't pop up a pop-up window, um but you know like you know how like they have um, uh you know how you can like make a, a box out of a div you know the the background's gray and the box part yeah. is white it's like a card yeah. well they hide yeah. the one that you originally were in t- they take away the list and they yeah. show you yes or no just in the middle of the screen. And it's like, why not just use the Twitter Bootstrap yeah. modal? Why
0: Bootstrap already has a modal for that. For that very reason. And in fact, it's it's funny you mention that because on one of the apps I'm working on, as I as I tidy up um, this one internship, uh, is is essentially entirely Bootstrap modals. Like yeah. that's that's how every operation is done. You push the button to to say yes, I'd like to renew this, and then uh, a modal pops up that says, "Are you sure?" This is all the info about it are you sure this is the one you want to renew? Are you 100% sure? Yeah. If so, click the big green button, and that's it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I feel like the the modal would be really nice. I would be a big fan of going that way. Apparently somebody, it was rumored when I asked the the person who was doing UI work before me, so how come you're not allowed to use modals? And and the guy told me that, well, it has something to do with accessibility. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, Bootstrap, <laughs> Bootstrap has... Uh, support for that
1: yeah so I don't, I don't know what the i don't know what the deal is i have to investigate further i
2: have uh somewhat non-fond memories of working with bootstrap modals uh spring of sophomore year and i was trying to make a, a login page that looked like a modal but wasn't actually a modal so it didn't it wasn't hovering over it was just all the styling from it but i was trying to pick apart bootstrap and you know overriding styles and it was bad that's my two cents on modals and
0: bootstrap. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes sometimes they can be all right, but yeah, you have to you have to structure it exactly how bootstrap wants you to in order exactly. for it to
1: I mean, I think I think my 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 the best part of the modal for this is it's asking yes or no. We're mm-hmm. not doing additional info, we're not doing any secret scrolling. Just yes a form. yes or no. Yep. Uh so um uh I'm on a 12 person team now and it it's kind of a big team for Scrum, and uh we have varying experience levels, so there's s e ones twos and threes, and an application architect and a project o- uh, product owner and um a manager uh so it's pretty cool but yeah. it, but again, it's a big team. our daily stand up takes fifteen and a half minutes <laughs>
0: Yeah, stand up discipline is a big issue in our group because there are usually it usually it turns into an an information uh, an information sharing thing, really.
1: Yep, and then and then you know every other person has to make a pun, and you know how it goes.
0: (laughs) Oh yes, well we all must make a pun. That is that that's uh, the first question in in any agile stand up. What is your pun? (laughs) And what prevents you from making those puns?
1: Any roadblocks?
0: Any roadblocks?
1: Yes. (laughs) So. You know, I I really like working on this, and I, I like the team a lot. Uh, now, am I learning a whole lot of stuff here? No, not really. Like, I'm learning about the Java stack. I'm learning about, you know, the tools and the methods. But am I learning anything I haven't seen before? No, not really. I mean, I've I've used a database before. I've used models before. I've used REST services before. I've used a front-end framework before. I've mm-hmm. used Bootstrap before. I've used ARIA before. I've used AD before. I've used... I've done all of this. So... Yeah. I'm okay with everything and I I've really had a lot of fun helping other people do the things that their groups need to help with.
0: Yeah. Good. That's awesome. That's what, that's, that's the name of the game.
1: Yeah. So that's we can, uh, we can investigate what I'm doing in September when this project is done. So right. that'll be pretty cool for sure. Yeah. Nice. Eight Should sprints cool. left.
0: <laughs> nice. Good luck. Yep. Uh, I'm, a, I'm on the last sprint in, in my group. Woo! Um, and it's it's going to be it's going to be quite nice. We're gonna have an app that I've been working on for almost a year. Uh, is gonna mm-hmm. is gonna get some new life, which is pretty neat. And um, a bunch of other cool stuff is going on that I will uh, that hopefully you all listeners will see this uh, in action sometime in the near six to eight months future. Um, and you guys will tell you more about it uh, when when we're not recording.
1: Yeah. This is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, but
0: I think it's about that it time uh, where we talk about who we followed on Twitter over the past two months or so
1: i think that is a good plan
0: hooray so, i see some cool stuff here
2: you want to tell me about it yes yeah, so the first is if up down what is this wonderful little uh twitter account i
1: don't know what is that twitter account is does, does that twitter account really have only one tweet yeah from 2010 yeah. december 16th you know huh. but i
2: have to follow it hmm. so this is Indeed. this is ryan's account that and, he doesn't use and
1: what's really funny is i didn't even know i had this account i had no idea
2: i think we talked about it after last podcast show yeah i think so i followed it and
0: i think the reason why was because we were enumerating all of our twitter
2: accounts that we had right yeah
1: well i think i i think i typed in if up down just to see who owned it and i found out it was me
2: (laughs) (laughs) they make cool shirts uh me and brennan just bought one the other day that was... Mm-hmm. Uh, let me link to it. it's, yeah, it's the, Oh, F- ATP has shirts as well. We should get shirts. What?
1: what they have shirts now? Yeah, what?
2: Link, 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 link. They're cool. Um, I don't know if I... It's ATP.fm slash shirt. Um, I didn't think that... Oh, It's kind of nice.
0: I really like the M5 one. Which which wait what n5 so the the the, the Rainbow one that's the a reference to the BMW M5 oh, okay uh,
1: how do you that know makes that sense,
2: then.
0: yeah i i know things about cars occasionally
1: how 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 is that even possible
0: he's Brandon. he knows everything <laughs>
1: that's so weird
0: <laughs> no it's it's awesome see so at some point you guys should watch the british car show uh top gear which is an awful slash I amazing show huh occasional clips here and there yeah 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 yeah. because it's, it's really fun and you learn a bunch of random stuff about cars um but i have to say um that atp one is really awesome because it uses the same sort of style as as the bmw m5 uh or the the m series kind of logos do but it also has the a- Apple's six colors there so it yeah i yeah okay
1: yeah i'm, I I'm think- gonna buy one of
0: these <laughs> for me for my birthday
1: yeah i think i might have to gonna. do that uh, the, all the And it is I, I do like the, the one below it. I won't get that one, but the one below it is pretty funny.
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I will also link here in the show notes the shirt that me and Brandon bought, which is the Close Minimax Minimaxi, which is the window decorations for closing, minimizing, and maximizing windows on OS X. Yep. And finally, I follow Internet of <laughs> which is a good feed for uh internet of things devices that are just kind of crazy and thoughts on the modern state of technology for sure yes that's a really fun one I'd, I'd seen i think it was swift on security tweeting about it a lot so i'm like okay i should i should probably follow it enjoy the other 103,000 people who do yep i feel so what's this
0: ryan i see you've added three twitter accounts yeah
1: here. i i just i just um yeah, I did. Uh, I also mm-hmm. just noticed that uh, Brian actually did what I told him, and he um, ma- you know, got tech four seven eight nine again, and he put the X over the 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 old avatar. Mm-hmm. I
2: and, did. Yeah, I, I did that. I think right after the show, and then actually, I think uh, the Twitter account was suspended because it detected the the logo and stuff. Oh. So I had to verify that it was my account.
1: I see. Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, so uh, let's find out who these people I just put in here are. So Herman J. Radke Third could be a person. Allegedly is the VP of Engineering at Nordstrom Rack. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I saw him at Signal last year. He's cool. And so that's pretty cool. Uh, but I think the reason I followed him is because he likes to talk about Rust. And anybody mm-hmm. that likes to talk about Rust or speak at rust or do anything involving rust is a friend of mine.
0: Yeah. Do you follow Ian Whitney?
1: Uh, I I don't, but I could
0: do it. I'll, I'll add him too, because he, he's a a good friend of mine and he's very interested in rust.
1: Rust Uh, is, is uh, good for everyone. He's
0: like rust Ruby. He's everything. He is just 100% pure. Awesome. Uh, One of his posts about rust, I think I shared in the Slack. Um, it got up on the hacker news thing. Um, and i think it was on the uh, r r programming it, it got pretty high up there too as well so yeah he's a cool he's a cool cat one of my coworkers um friend of the show max Fierke, um knows him probably better than i do but generally he is just a cool person
1: yeah so that's pretty cool so let's see who else did i did i uh, add here so i also added scala native so Scala has a native version now. It's not come totally feature complete yet, so you can't do everything you can do with regular Scala. But if you haven't heard, Scala is a language that runs on top of the JVM, and it can leverage any Java library, which is pretty fancy. Mm. But one of the problems is, as mentioned, it runs on top of the JVM. Well, what if you wanted to use your favorite language, which is Scala, but but you know like not with the JVM you know like on an actual computer without you know polluting it with Java. Well, mm-hmm. you might be able to sometime in the future use Java or uh, Scala native, which is just, which will be really quite cool. So it, it doesn't take any additional startup time; it just is native. Uh, so you can follow the Twitter and the GitHub, which is really quite fancy. Pretty pretty big mm-hmm. fan, uh, nice. and and then of course going along in my language here i also decided to follow elixir lang and so if you haven't seen elixir elixir is another language which also is pretty pretty neat and um i can't really tell you too much about it because i don't really know it but it it just
2: goes on erlang
1: yeah you know it's it's one of those new old languages again and it it looks really nice um it it has some cool um Functional programming aspects that are nice, but also it has a fairly nice and well-defined process and threading model.
2: Do I hear another war game? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You
1: hear, you hear the the signs to come. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yep. Well, for for
0: my uh, Twitter follow follows this uh, this month, uh, I've got three. The first one is Bodega Cats, which is exactly what it sounds like cats hanging out in convenience stores and gas stations sometimes <laughs> wow. i actually have
1: pictures of dogs too it's
0: really adorable that is amazing yeah um we share these around the office uh an inordinate amount of times because let's be honest who doesn't want to see cats hanging out in a convenience store well maybe not a convenience store that I'd actually like to buy something from but in the abstract cats and convenience stores are pretty neat um the next one is underscore soaps who is a ui kit frameworks engineer at apple and therefore is immediately deserving of all the high fives and Twitter followers. Um, And then finally, uh, Chris Davies, C underscore Davies on Twitter, who is uh, a journalist at, um, uh, I'm going to get it wrong because I didn't look at it immediately, slash gear, okay, cool, Um, and uh, is both bespectacled and British, so therefore he and I are immediately best friends, um, because British people are cool
1: i love yeah, this I tweet deeply disappointed the much rumored google harp wasn't announced at io <laughs> is google see, doomed without me. a string instrument oh that was so fun see that's me that's that's <laughs> me right there That was great google Harp forever. Yeah. well
2: uh, and that's gonna be my whirlwind three follows i have two quick things to say here at the okay. end yes um Forgot the second one, but the first one is Twitter now has 140 characters without links and mentions, I think, right? So tweets can I, thought, be it was, long I thought it was
1: still forthcom- forthcoming.
2: Well, yes, but soon to come. Okay. I don't remember what else I was going to say. I am looking forward to That's that. I know,
0: play. I am too. And everyone who writes for social media immediately said,
2: Yay! With 150 exclamation points. It, it, I think it, it's the the easiest way to increase the amount of characters in a tweet without really breaking much of anything. Cause it's a little longer, but not that much longer, but it doesn't also, it doesn't really break up the workflow of anyone. Anyway,
1: you know, sure. I, when, it, when they do this though, I wonder how long it'll take clients to, to update. Cause you know, there are some old clients that will never get updated and for years they will continue to work somehow, but the, their, their counter will always be a little bit off. Mm-hmm.
2: It probably won't let you tweet. Unless it's to the old style, but I bet I'm sure Tweetbot will be updated as soon as it becomes the thing.
1: Probably,
2: mm-hmm. effect probably too.
1: Yeah, yeah, all the good ones. Well, it it's always great to do a podcast with everyone here. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll have to do this again sometime.
0: Sometime soon. Now that we're now that summer is happening, you two are all out in the real world. We, uh, you're going too. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be there eventually. Yeah. I'll catch up with you guys. Yeah, you, don't, you
1: you don't you don't get to leave.
0: No, not yeah. one bit, not one <laughs> bit. But, um, but yeah, it'll be cool. I think we'll be able to do this uh, on a more consistent schedule in the future, which will be pretty darn neat. I was looking back
2: last summer; we did it weekly. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when we all had all sorts of free time. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And as I'm only working for one employer instead of two to three to four, um, <laughs> it, this 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 might be easier too. So maybe. Yeah. Could So, well, where can we find everyone on the internet this week?
1: Well, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at RandomR, and of course, on my favorite website, Contextual.link.
2: <laughs> you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at underscore Brian Mitchell underscore, and at my newly updated website, BrianM.me, which will shortly have a new blog post about my time on
1: Tech Group.
0: Cool. All right, and you can find me this week. Uh, nowhere in particular, but, uh, except for perhaps San Francisco, uh, I will probably be posting social media updates on Twitter where I'm Brandon underscore MN or Instagram where I am the exact same name. Uh, Instagram is probably where most coffee pictures end up. So if you're down for coffee pictures, that's the place to find them. What about just Otherwise, regular pictures? Regular pictures. Um, maybe those will probably also be on Instagram, Aww. but, uh, Twitter is probably the best bet.
1: Yes. Um,
0: Otherwise, you can catch me on my blog, which, I, as I mentioned previously, I basically don't write on, uh, at brandon.ma. If you want to see my old portfolio page, you can go to brndn.xyz and catch it all there, because I didn't bother to update the DNS and probably never will. Um, so if, if, you, if you like that old version better, uh, you can do that too.
1: That sounds very good. You bet. Well, it's been fun. It has. It has
0: been. Uh, I guess we'll see you perhaps next week. Until next time.
1: Maybe. Have a good one. Yep. Yep.